see. So uh, it'd be good to open it up to page uh, 1000. I've made it nice and easy. I've uh, ensured that it was on page 1000. It's right at the end of the book of Matthew. Uh, so this is after Jesus' crucifixion. He's died, he's dead on the third day, rose again. Uh, and this is the final scene uh, in Matthew's Gospel. Uh, it starts off with the 11 disciples. So Judas, one of the 12 who betrayed Jesus, by this stage, re realising the error of his ways, uh, has taken his own life. And so there's just 11 of the disciples left. So Matthew chapter 28, uh, beginning at verse 16. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptising them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always, to the very end of the age. Well, this passage uh, is commonly known as, and you'll see the heading the editors have put in there, the Great Commission. Uh, it's almost universally known as that, because it's the commissioning of those 11 disciples uh, but through them, the commissioning of the whole church that would spring out of their ministry, the commissioning to be Jesus' representatives in the world, to go into all the world and make disciples of every nation. Uh, this is the command to the church. And we recognise that here at St Stephen's, uh, the language we use is the mission of St Stephen's is to make followers of Jesus Christ. And that's what to be a disciple is, to be a follower, an adherent. Uh, but it's more than just looking to Jesus for his teaching, but trusting in him and recognising his authority over us. And so the mission of the church is to make disciples. He fleshes out a bit that what that involves. It involves them going. Uh, they were at that time in Galilee, in northern Israel as it is now, and he commands them to go into all the nations, baptising them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. So we as God's people here, are commanded to make disciples. And that involves going. For some of us, it might just mean going to the people who live under our roof. It might mean going to our friends and family, our neighbours, the people here in Willoughby. Uh, but beyond, as a church, we can support others who go further. Uh, so we're supporting Kylie as she goes. And she's going in our name uh, not just our name, but a number of churches joining together. And Kylie is going as our representative uh, to help us in this mission to make disciples of all nations. Uh, we, we support other people as they go to 
uh, Muslim people here in Sydney or as they go to Aboriginal people in Central Australia or, or to those uh, in the mining districts in the Pilbara. These are some of the other missions that we support. Uh, but it involves people going. Sometimes at this service, uh, every week at the 8 o'clock service, we end with uh, what I think is a uniquely Anglican dismissal, is the technical term. We say, go in peace to love and serve the Lord. And the congregation respond, in the name of Christ, Amen. But that's a reminder to us of our role after we've gathered together as God's people to sit under his word, to uh, be encouraged and built up, to sing his praises. We're then to go out, outside the doors of the church into the communities where God has placed us. And so we need to go. And Jesus says we, we should go and baptise. Now this isn't just go about splashing water on people, right? Baptism is the sign of initiation. It's a sign of becoming uh, part of the community of God's people. It's a sign of belonging not only to God's people, but to God himself. So when, when uh, Jesus says, baptise them in the name, or, or literally it's kind of baptise them into the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, it's recognising the new relationship with God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit that they've been brought into. So this means people who are not believers in Jesus becoming believers in Jesus. Because to baptise is to recognise that somebody has undergone that conversion. Sometimes this can be seen as just the pointy end of mission. That's what mission is about, proclaiming the good news of Jesus and hoping people uh, come to trust in him. But there's a deeper level to the call to mission. So we're not just to baptise people, but to teach them. The disciples were to teach them to obey everything I have commanded you. So this is the deepening of understanding. Not just coming to faith in Christ, but growing in our knowledge of Christ. But not just kind of that intellectual knowledge. We're not to teach people just so that they'll know more stuff. But this is to be transformative. It's to change hearts so that we'll respond in obedience. And part of the obedience that they're called to is obedience to everything Jesus has commanded, including the Great Commission. So as a community of disciples, as a community of followers of Jesus, we are to be a community that seeks to make more disciples who follow Jesus. This passage, the Great Commission, uh, is the go-to passage to talk about mission. It's, it's one of the clearest directions uh, that's given to the church of our need to spread the good news of Jesus. But sometimes I think as we're called to do that, it feels a bit like, I don't know about you, uh, but, but it's easy to get the sense that mission is all about like being a salesman, going out there and trying to win somebody from their allegiance to another product so that they'll use your product instead. Or, or those fanatical 
fans who, who want to build up the supporter base for their team. And we're just going out and trying to convince people to switch from following their team to following our team, to joining our team, to growing our team. It can feel a bit like that. But that's not actually the basis for mission. One of my Bible study leaders years ago said a good rule of thumb when you're reading the Bible, in fact it's a good rule of thumb when you're reading anything, but to ask what the therefore is there for. Did you notice the therefore in uh, Jesus' command to them? Beginning of verse 19, therefore go and make disciples of all nations. What is the therefore therefore? Well, it links back to his previous comment. Verse 18, then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. Jesus, the risen Jesus, is given all authority, not only over the peoples of the earth, but everything in earth and in heaven, over all creation. Jesus is the... the, the language the Bible uses elsewhere, Lord over all things, all power and all authority. And so when Jesus says that he has all power and authority, then the disciples are to go to all nations with the promise that he will be with them always, all the days. You see, when we're going out when we're sending people out uh, with the good news of who Jesus is, we're not just trying to win people from another way of life to following our way of life, from another system of belief to following our system of belief, from another team to joining our team. No, we're going out there to declare the truth that Jesus has power and authority over all things. He is Lord over Everyone, not only the church, but your agnostic family member, your atheist neighbour, your Buddhist colleague. Jesus is Lord over all. So we're not trying to just convince people to another way of life. We're trying to declare to them the truth of who Jesus is so that they might live in accordance with the truth. Jesus' universal authority is the mandate for our universal mission to go out to all nations. That can seem like a daunting task, can't it? For us individually, for us as a church here in Willoughby, we're struggling to, to make inroads into Willoughby itself. But imagine the disciples, right? There are 11 of them. And Jesus says, I want you to go out to all the nations. I mean, they'd never heard of Australia back then, but all the nations that I could add up, that's quite a few. I wonder if you noticed something else at the beginning of that reading that always strikes me as a little odd when we read it. Verse 17, when they saw him, they worshipped him which is absolutely the right response to the risen Jesus. He is God himself and worthy of worship. 
He says, when, when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. What's going on there? Well, this is not, the doubting described here isn't uh, necessarily an indication of unbelief, but a kind of a, a wavering, a lack of resolve, a hesitation. It's not unsurprising, really. Not, only a week or so earlier, Jesus was walking and talking and telling them he was going to be put to death, but they still hadn't got their head around it. Then they'd seen their leader crucified, died and buried. And then although he'd he'd told them time and time again, I'll rise from the dead, we see in the story of Thomas and others, they couldn't quite anticipate it. They didn't know what to do with it. So it's no surprise that here Jesus is alive and they're going, we know he's alive and we know he was dead, but how does this all work? And what are we to do with it? It's no wonder that some of them were wavering, hesitating. And as we reflect on what we're called to do as a church, to go out to our friends and neighbours, our family and our colleagues, to people we know and people we don't know, to send and support people like Kylie who are going further afield. It can seem like a daunting task for us as well. You see how Jesus ends the very last words of Matthew? As he commands them to go and make disciples, he encourages them at the end, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. He says, as you go off to do this great task, this mammoth task, this overwhelming task, I am with you. And this is not just Jesus promising it as a security blanket for the timid. Not just comfort for the hesitant, but it's essential. If we're to go out and make disciples, that will only come about by the work of the Holy Spirit through us. Jesus promises to be with us always in the person of his Spirit. But remember who it is that is with us. The one who has been given all power and authority is with us. The all-powerful one is all-present amongst his people, amongst his church, as we go out in mission. So remember, Kylie, as you head off to Johannesburg, that Jesus has promised to be with you always. And for us, as we head off to work or study tomorrow, as we speak to our family and friends, as we plan for the Alpha course, where we seek to make followers of Jesus Christ, it can seem like a daunting task. We can feel like we're not up to the task. But that's okay, we're not. None of us are. But the one with all power and authority is with us as we do his work in the world. Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for your great love for us. 
We thank you that in your love you sent Jesus into the world as one of us, that he humbled himself so that he might die in our place. But we praise you that you raised him from death, that he overcame that, and you have exalted him to a position of all power and authority. And so we pray that you might remind us of that, remind us that that should drive us to mission, to go and declare to all the world that Jesus is Lord. And we pray that you might remind us, embolden us by his presence amongst us, that he is with us always to the very end of the age. So give, give us the courage to make disciples, to go from here into Willoughby, into Sydney, into Australia and the world, that we might bring people to saving faith, that they might be baptised into a new relationship with you and the church, that you might be growing our knowledge and our depth of obedience to you. And we pray that you might, in your great mercy, even use us here in your great purposes in the world. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.